Hi, everybody, and welcome to That's Life, where I look forward to seeing you all at the gym tomorrow. Yes, you think that the uh, day after Rosh Hashanah is the biggest or the most active day at the gym? Nuh-uh. It's the day after Hanukkah. That's right, where you can't look at another fried anything and realize that you can't see your toes. Good morning, everybody, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam L. Wallach, host of That's Life and head of social responsibility at Cross River. You can hear me every Thursday right after Allison and right before Yussi's live lunch. Um, It has been, thank God, I mean, from a personal point of view, it has been a beautiful Hanukkah. My, uh, My best wishes to everyone. I hope you had a beautiful Hanukkah, a blessed Chag a hog full of light and hope and miracles, and we should continue to see light and miracles for all of Kalal Yisrael. I'm also going to remind everybody that the end of your fundraiser is still going on here at the Nachum Siegel Network. You can donate at fjbunity.org. Nachum's going to be heading to Israel rather shortly. You don't want to miss a moment of any of that programming coming up. That's for sure. He's going to culminate. I'm right. He's going to culminate the campaign in Israel. That is correct. Those are always great shows. But make sure to give. We appreciate every donation. That is for sure. We appreciate every donation from the bottom of our hearts. FJBUnity.org. Help Nahum get to his goal. Let's reach that goal. That goal is actually very important for all of us, and I mean that sincerely. There is no more important time in, uh, in our history, in our very modern and very constantly evolving current-day situation and modern-day history where we need voices who speak and think the way we do and aren't afraid to show it. Let's do the national holidays, and then we will do the fortune cookie. I know this is also a Hanukkah miracle. I brought my own fortune cookie, and it's not cracked, and everything's still intact, and it doesn't have crumbs in the bottom. I know, I know. Lasted all eight days is what I have to tell you. Lasted, well, frankly, all eight days in my car. All right, today it is Martyred Intellectuals Day. Well, you picked me right up there, calendar. Okay, it's also Monkey Day. Woohoo, Monkey Day. Don't know what that means. No idea. Not not sure how we celebrate. I don't know if the monkeys know. I have no idea. It's also U.S. Park Police Day. Now, I will tell you, a shout out to the park police because one of my kids is a huge national park lover. Absolutely obsessed with the national parks. Collects badges, pins, you name it. She's a lover of the national park. So a shout out to the U.S. Park Police. I'm not sure, you know, you have any crazy situations in the park police, but that's okay. We could... We could have, you know, some quiet area of this country. That's not so bad. It's also Yoga Day. Now, the only reason I'm mentioning Yoga Day, besides the fact that it's on my calendar, is because we're starting to do to take yoga as a family. Not as a collective family. Don't worry. The whole family is not doing it. But there are three of us. So I'm saying that that's good enough to call it. It's a family endeavor. We are going to be starting to take yoga. Frankly, because I made fun of people before not being able to see their toes. Well, I can't touch my toes. I can't. I am so stiff as a board. So um, I am I am actually starting to celebrate Yoga Day. Not today, because today isn't the first class, but we're getting there. We've made a commitment to start yoga, and frankly, that's pretty close. That's pretty close to actually even celebrating Yoga Day. That's how close it is. Let's do the fortune cookie. Here we go. Come on, give me a good one, please. Please, 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 please. You have such promise, fortune cookie. Let's see what happens. Just believe it. Water and oil cannot be mixed. Okay. It's just, it's just, it's, it's terrible. First of all, the word is mixed. It's not mixed. So all of a sudden, 
you get to a whole new level when there's a grammatical mistake in your fortune cookie. I mean, whoever did this, you had one job. Literally, you had one job. Is there not, where is Ferdig? Is there not one editor out there to handle something like this? My God, just believe it. Water and oil cannot be mixed. All right, even if it said mixed, that's not true. It's called emulsification. Make a good salad dressing. You know, you know, you can get them to mix because vinegar is water-based. Yeah, sorry. So my fortune cookie is now grammatically mistake and wrong. <sighs> to think that I had such high hopes. You're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network, and I am unbelievably thrilled at both um, ready to introduce my guest at the topic and also the timing of this interview, and I promise I'll explain everything. Um, the National Library of Israel released an unbelievably gorgeous, I don't really say that about books normally, but an unbelievably gorgeous book entitled 101 Treasures. And in about a second, I'm going to introduce Dr. Raquel Euclid, and we're going to discuss the release of the book. Um, but I just want to make mention that with all that is going on in Israel, with all that is going on in Israel currently, and everyone who's going to do volunteerism, and we speak a lot about volunteer opportunities here, um, on the network, we talk about what you can do to get involved from here, etc. If you are going to Israel and you do have time, a little bit of time, don't just walk by this building. You're going to be wowed when you see the building, but don't just walk by. The um, home to world-class collections that span almost two millennia, the National Library of Israel serves as the official, official National Library of the State of Israel, including all of its communities and faiths and of the Jewish people worldwide. It is far more than a mere repository for texts and books. Is it, at, it is at once a thriving cultural institution, a laboratory for students, scholars, and hobbyists, and an incubator for ideas. For the first time in its 130-year-old history, the National Library released internationally this book, 101 Treasures for the, from the National Library of Israel. And joining me this morning, as I mentioned, is Dr. Raquel Euclid. She's chief editor of 101 Treasures from the National Library of Israel. She serves as the head of collections of the National Library of Israel. She's responsible for the overall, overall development of all the library's collections and for digital, cultural, and educational initiatives based on the NLI collections, as well as in partnership with other institutions. A New York native, she received her BA from Princeton, an MA and PhD from Harvard University, all in comparative Islamic and Jewish studies. She also studied Jewish law in Jerusalem and Israel and Islamic law and Arabic in Egypt, Morocco, and the Netherlands. Widely published to say the least. I am super excited to, to welcome Dr. Euclid this morning. Dr. Euclid, good morning and welcome to That's Life. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be with you. Well, I appreciate that very much. You know, I, I joke when I have um, members of the museum world, of the art world, joining me on the air, that my mom, who I've re referenced numerous times over the years since her passing, Dr. Vivian Mann, would have cracked up knowing that I'm having conversations about art because, of course, as a petulant teenager, I gave her so much trouble about going to museums. But frankly, being able to discuss either with you 
or with Gabe Goldstein or with other members of the community, the importance of art and the importance of art in a telling and, and attesting to our history is a, could not be a more appropriate conversation in light of today's world. So I don't know if you know this, but I'm also a daughter of an artist oh. and my mother schlepped us to the most wacky and weird performance works of the 70s. We lived in Greenwich Village. And so I grew up being able to absorb a very wide, diverse way of thinking about art and culture and cultural conversations. And so we also were petulant about it and gave her a tremendous amount of grief. But I think my siblings and I got a phenomenal education, you know, Hopefully she's not hearing this, so it doesn't go to her head, but but I very much relate. And the second thing I wanted to say at the outset is that um, I met your mother, um, I think I first met her in Morocco, it must have been 1999, Um, I was studying Islamic text there and Arabic, and she was doing research for an article, I believe, Um, and then I met her again when she came to the National Library of Israel in our old building. Um, and uh, she taught me something that I have carried on as her Torah. Um, and she wrote an article about um, a few manuscripts in our collection um, showing the cultural conversation between the calligraphic art in North African and Andalusian Islamic texts and Islamic manuscripts and um, Andalusian Jewish manuscripts. And she showed me this basket weaving pattern that one finds we have a ninth century Quran manuscript, which has beautiful gold filigree um, at the end in a basket weaving pattern. And then she showed it to me in one of our, what we called the Damascus crowns, this one from Borgos 1260. And it has that same pattern. And then I found it later in an Islamic manuscript from 1750 um, from North Africa. And whenever I have an opportunity, I always share your mom, Allah Shalom, her amazing insight and vision to be able to see across these cultural boundaries and to uh, and to find the conversation. Well, I you have no idea how much I appreciate that anecdote, both on on so many levels. Um, my mother was exceedingly visual. Like she had this bizarre memory and this bizarre ability, but it also spoke to the fact that she saw history woven through art. And it was literally like present in front of her. Um, so, mm-hmm. so you speaking to that and talking about this pattern um, is just—it's a story. I—it's a story I've never heard, but it's to, as my kids would say, it's totally on brand for Bubby. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's exactly what what she, I, I hear her. I hear her saying that, and the fact that you, you still use that to me is so meaningful. Um, I want to discuss a million things with you. I, I, I definitely, and the fact that you met her in, in Morocco cracks me up because it was one of her most, Asuera is one of, was one of her most favorite places on earth. Um, but It is one of the best places on earth. So, so I hear, so I hear. <laughs> the, you know, the funny thing about the library is that, isn't it more of an archive? Like, I'm not taking out a library card when I walk by the, um, when I walk by the library, right? It's not like we're walking. You should take out a library card. Because if you take out a library card, you actually get two very important benefits. Number one, if you spend some time here, you could take books home. We're one of the few national libraries that you can borrow books. 
Um, and the other is, and this is a, a little secret that I guess I'm sharing with you and all your viewers, <laughs> and that is that just now we are launching a service to enable access to uh, hundreds of thousands of electronic books and also um, tens of thousands of journals um, to be able to access them from outside the library. Um, and these are electronic resources that if you have a library card, you will have access to that. That is fascinating. So I was sort of making I was sort of making a joke that, you know, I couldn't pull out an Agatha Christie book from your from your library. But the truth of the matter is, is that the fact that all of these resources are really available to anyone with a in a, a, a library card is going to give so many students so many students who are seeped in academia the opportunity to have access to your archives to your library in a way that is otherwise unimaginable i would add that you don't need to have a library card to access most of our resources because the national library um it's not it's not a a national library is not a large public library right. a national library has a very distinct role to serve as the institution for collective memory. In our case, we have a dual mission. We are the institution for collective memory, both of a geographic location of the state of Israel and of an ethnic people, of the Jewish people worldwide. Okay, those are our two core missions. Mm. And so you're right, we're an archive in the sense that we have a commitment to future generations that we collect as much as possible textual material, very broadly defined, um, for future generations. But we are very much in the here and now. And so our collections serve as raw material for everything that we do and can be done with text, um, starting with our online resources of massive digitization efforts that are ongoing. For example, our Ketiv Digital Library which has 90% of all known Hebrew manuscripts around the world, working with hundreds and hundreds of institutions worldwide as wonderful partners. We also have JPress, which is extraordinarily fun if you've never <laughs> experienced it. And that is, there are about 5 million digital pages of historical Jewish newspapers with, I think, about 26 languages Wow! all over the world. Those are open and accessible. You can do it from New York. You can do it from Buenos Aires. You can do it anywhere. Um, and you can also come to this phenomenal building. Um, that's the first role of the library, to be this collection of material. But it's not a vault in the sense that it's not closed. It's designed to be used. Amazing. And then, of course, there are, in our new era, and especially with the opportunities of our facility, which I really hope everyone listening to this will come see because it's even looking at the photographs, you can't experience it until you walk in, that um, we use the, our collections as the raw material for a whole array of cultural programming, both live and also online in many different languages. We have phenomenal educational programs for many different ages and for teacher training. Wow. Um, and then we have also um, a whole uh, whole world of digital content that's not only for scholars. It's for anyone who's interested in learning about culture and history and religion and and uh, contemporary, you know, Israel, a Jewish world, and on. And we have uh, a world class collection of Islam, Middle East, um, and a very robust humanities collection. 
incredible. I am, I, I did not imagine for a second that all of that was available. That is way beyond, I mean, that is way beyond a national library. That is, that is a mission. I mean, you, you say that you have two part mission, but that really is a mission. And I can't imagine a more important time in history to be recorders and, and people who value the truth, people who document the truth and, and in history. And I also want to make sure to mention the initiative to uh, preserve all documentation um, from October 7th. It's the first of its kind. It's a first major event to be documented in real time digitally. I, I wonder what, right. I wonder what the enormity of that project looks like. And if you can even, if you can even imagine if there's an end, is there an end to what will be recorded, um, and, and kept? So we are deeply involved in this work right now. Um, and as you can imagine, a few days after October 7th, myself and my team and many partners throughout the library, um, we pivoted, we dropped what we were doing and we got to work. Um, the first kind of work we did is actually on the internet, because as you said, and one of the defining features of, of this, 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 uh, set of events and, and this work is that while the events themselves were horrifically physical, the documentation is almost exclusively digital. Mm. And one of the defining features of digital collecting is that it should be done in real time because a piece of paper can last hundreds of years, if not longer, but an internet site generally doesn't last past a few years. Um, and so it's one of the ironies of as if we're, you know, advancing technologically, but until now, a book is much more stable as an artifact mm. than a digital item. And so we understood that importance. And so we immediately started doing what we call archiving the internet. And that is copying um, thousands and thousands of websites and social media accounts um, and downloading videos from there. One oh, of the God. other, the second really interesting features and, and, and this one very inspiring uh, features of, of what's been happening here over the last two months in this area is that there has um, developed dozens, dozens of uh, collection efforts on the part of volunteers. Similarly to the stories that you've heard about solidarity work in civic society in Israel, a parallel process has gone on in collecting and documenting. Wow. And so the National Library, when we're focused long-term, we see our role as accompanying and guiding these volunteer collection efforts and offering a long-term repository, long-term home for all this material being being developed. I spoke today to this unbelievable uh, person um, who's leading an effort to collect WhatsApps. Oh. from the kibbutzim, because that's the most authentic real time. But it's also extraordinarily difficult and excruciatingly painful material. Oh. Um, and you're asking people who have gone through the worst trauma to share the most intimate moments of this terrible, terrible set of events. And so um, that work is very, very, he kept using the word Sisyphe in Hebrew. Oh. <laughs> Sisyphean work um, but it's so important because we we see how quickly 
the events have been denied or distorted. And so getting access to authentic records of what happened becomes extraordinarily important. Um, And so just like we're in touch with him, we're in touch with, um, at this point, over 30 different collection efforts. And there are another 30 that we're hoping to reach out to pretty soon um, with the idea of collecting all of the materials um, uh, in a dedicated repository and archiving database that will be um, available for the historical record for scholars and journalists and students and people, the descendants of these communities um, for, you know, for the however long. In terms of how long this work will be, we've built a five-year project, but we don't know. You know, we also hope that, I hope this won't accompany us forever because I hope that Israeli society and I believe Israeli society will recover and recuperate and and build forward. Um, and so the role of collecting is a way of locking in this memory, making it accessible so you don't have to be in it all the time. It can be available right. if you need it, but it will free up emotional and, and intellectual space down the line for, for, other, for other possibilities. I am, I am beyond speechless at the enormity of your work and, frankly, at the importance of your work and even more so at the holiness of your work. This project is holy, um, and everyone involved with it is, is holy, in my very humble opinion. But I, I, I don't think that would be an opinion just of one. I think anyone listening right now appeals, it, uh, would, um, anybody? We actually feel, we feel that way. We feel that yeah. this is extraordinarily important work. And I also feel very strongly about maintaining a collaborative spirit in this work because digital collecting is also different from physical collecting in that uh, a physical item has to, in the end, sit in one place, but a digital item should sit in many places. And so um, one of the things that ultimately happens in any kind of tragedy or, or catastrophe is that there's a period, a kind of grace period afterwards where everyone, there's tremendous solidarity and everyone works together. And then, and then humans start to function like humans and there's some competition and there's, there's a, there's a jockeying that goes on. And so our, our um, approach is, is, is to try to maintain the collaborative effort all the way through the end. And so the material will sit in many different places. Um, And, the, but the it is important, and this is the work we're doing now, is to be in conversation with all these different efforts to make sure that the material is gathered with the same standards. We spend a huge amount of time on intellectual property and privacy mm-hmm. um, issues to enable, um, excuse me, people to determine, you know, like how they want this material to be accessible or available, and um, and so that anyone who wants to do work on this on this subject when they study this in school in 10, 20, 50 years, they'll be able to come and to have access to the whole. Wow. Unbelievable. Dr. Raquel Euclid, I thank you 
so much for your time. I mean, for your time this morning, but also for what you're doing on behalf of, frankly, all of us. And I, and I mean that sincerely. And to you and your team, Kola Kavod, um, people who are heading to Israel, again, the National Library of Israel is not a building to walk by. It is a building to walk into. I know you're going to be taken by how gorgeous it is on the outside, but I can only imagine what it looks like on the inside. 101 Treasures is the National Library of Israel as they showcase 1,500 years of historical items in this spectacular new book. Continued Hatzalchat to you and your team, and I look forward, if possible, to even meeting in person when I come, please God, in a few weeks. Wonderful. We look forward to hosting you and all your listeners here at the National Library, and please do look for 101 Treasures from the National Library on Amazon and on other ways you purchase your your books online. Yes, it's absolutely, it's honestly, folks, it's a stunning book. It doesn't just belong in your coffee table. It belongs in every single person's library. Dr. Euclides, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. And as we mentioned, a full, as we mentioned every week, I should say, a full afternoon of programming continues right after the culmination of this show. It's the live lunch with Yossi Zweig. And then, of course, this evening, the Arab Shabbos show hosted by Mark Zamek, brought to you by our friends at Kedem. Tomorrow morning, join Nachum as he hosts JM and AM at 6 a.m. Malcolm Holmline, 7.40 a.m. Cannot miss a moment of Malcolm every single week at this point. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Malcolm and Nahum is where you're getting your information. 7.40 a.m. And, of course, the Arab Shabbos Music Mix brought to you by our friends at Kedem continues until candlelighting here in the New York area, which this week is super, super early. Unbelievable. Um, it's just, this is the earliest week? I think this is the earliest week. Yeah, something like that. Well, if it's getting earlier, somebody better tell me because I'm running short on time. Um, a quick shout out to Nahum Joel, who I saw last week at the Executive Directors Conference in Tampa. A shout out to the Tor Education, the Tor Educators Network. My apologies, Rabbi Perry Churchwell and uh, Rabbi Richie Hagler and everyone involved, and of course Jeff Rothman from Yeshiva Flappish. It was really an excellent conference. Cross River was proud to be a presenter of that pro- of that conference, and um, we look forward to great things for our executive directors and our yeshiva community over the next 12 months as they continue to implement some of the suggestions and contributions that we really absorbed a tremendous amount from last week. So I saw Nahum Joel, who was in from California. So this is a shout out to him. We're going to conclude today. We close today with the Maccabees. We're still here. That's right. We're still here. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. We will make Tapestry of ages, history unfolds. One people, the unlikeliest of stories ever told. Tiniest of nations, casting light into the dark. Empires have risen, empires they fall. They wield their might against us, but we move on through it all. A lighthouse in the storm.
Now we say I'm Israel. 